The following audio is from Maranatha Chapel, located in San Diego, California. For more information about Maranatha Chapel, please visit www.maranathachapel.org. Good evening. Merry Christmas, everybody. Oh, man, praise the Lord. Well, well, if you have your Bible, you, if you want to, you can open it to Luke chapter 2. And we're going to just read verses 8 through 14. This is, again, the night of Jesus' birth. We read now that we're in the same country, shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were greatly afraid. And then the angel said to them, do not be afraid. Now, I, I want to start with that again. Do not be afraid. Did you know that phrase is said in the Bible 365 times? So guess what? There's a do not be afraid verse in the Bible for every day of the year. Can I hear an amen? Hallelujah. Do not be afraid. For behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For there is born to you, so this is to the little shepherds that were out in the fields of Bethlehem, city of David. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ, which in Hebrew is the word Messiah, the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find the baby wrapped in swaddling clothes. Now that is not so much the sign. Every baby could be wrapped in swaddling clothes, but here is the real sign. Lying in a manger. A trough for animals. That is not usual. Even 2,000 years ago, that was highly unusual. And the whole story of Joseph and Mary having to come from the north on a very long journey, no room for them in the inn, and they literally were put outside with a stall where there were animals. And then Mary had a baby. And the baby was placed within a manger. That is unusual. How many would agree with that? And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God. So the angel by himself made the announcement, I've got great news. And then he is surrounded by millions of angels. Glory to God in the highest. And on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. So as we look at this story, the night that Jesus was born, it had been a rough year for Joseph and for Mary. Now, so let's go back. Think about this 2,000 years ago. It's a young couple. I know there's some young couples here tonight and uh, young couples maybe watching online. And they were in love. And then Mary was pregnant, but it was an unusual pregnancy. It was a supernatural pregnancy. The Holy Spirit overshadowed her, and poor Joseph, he didn't know what's going on, and he had to be told by an angel in a dream, hey, this is of the Lord. You need to realize that your wife has been chosen to bring the Messiah to this world. So then they, had, they, they were living, Joseph and his family lived in Nazareth. That's in northern Israel. It's by the beautiful shores of the Sea of Galilee. It's a little village as well. But because there had been a taxation, 
uh, by Tiberius, and he wanted all the world to be taxed, they had to go to their home of origin. Well, it just so happens both Joseph and Mary's lineage in the Jewish families went back to different family streams of King David. David was from Bethlehem. So therefore, in order to be registered and to be taxed according to the family and the genealogy, they had to leave Nazareth and travel, poor Mary, you know, nine months pregnant, and they had to go on a 90-mile journey on a little donkey down to Bethlehem. And then when they got there, because everybody was doing the same thing, there was no room for them in the inn. And I just think, you know, that is so amazing. This is the Messiah. This is God incarnate. This is the, the Lord, the Savior of the world. And it had been prophesied he would be born not in Nazareth, but in Bethlehem. So God is using circumstances and Rome even to make sure that his prophecy would come true. But they get there and there's no room in the inn. And that very story that's told around the world becomes symbolic of, does this world have room for the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords? More importantly, do you have room in your heart for the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords? That's the most important question of all. And I want to say this in a few moments. This is not a long study. But I, what I do want to say is, from my heart to yours and all who are watching and all who are listening, especially to this message, this night, Christmas Eve 2020, do not go into 2021 without Jesus in your heart as your personal Lord and Savior. Do not venture into the next year without the gift of the Lord. Make room for him. And at the end of the message, I'm going to give you the opportunity to make room so that you can invite him in to be saved. But on this cold and chilly night, it's about to melt away before the brilliance, the warmth, the glory, I believe the Shekinah glory that lit up this sky first with the angel, that he had good news. And in a manner, this is a picture of the gospel. When the world was at its darkest, this was nighttime, it was cold, it was chilly, and when the world was at its darkest, God sent the light of the angels to deliver good news. Know this, when your life is at its darkest hour, and there are a lot of us, you know, that are, we're already calling it a dark winter for a lot of obvious reasons. And there are a lot of people that are suffering economically, they might be suffering with anxiety, fear, the future, what in the world does that hold for us? And know this, it is into the darkness that God brings his greatest light, his greatest hope for you and for me. Amen? Amen. The angel came at night because it is at night that lights are best seen, and it's also at night when lights are most needed. So we see these shepherds on this night, and now the dark sky explodes with probably more than just light. It was the presence of God in the heavens surrounding the angels, the Shekinah glory of the Lord. And the first angel said, I bring you good news. How many believe that it's time that we hear some good news? Amen? Turn to your neighbor and say, 
There's good news tonight. Amen. Listen, this, what that angel said tonight in the city of David is born unto you a Savior, which is Messiah the Lord. It was a breaking story. And God was using his angelic network, which is God's divine social media. <laughs> Do you know God has social media? He, he, and he doesn't do it through wires or through vibrations. He just uses the whole sky. He lights it all up. And he brings his angels. And he brings this story. And he knows how to get his message to a faraway, remote, tiny little village like Bethlehem, where there are only a handful of shepherds in the field at night watching over their flocks. Now, that was great news. I love that. The angel said, I got good news for you. Now, journalism professionals, and we have uh, some journalists that are part of our church family here at Maranatha Chapel. Journalism professionals say that the best news stories have to have five essentials in order for it to be a good story. Number one, the news should be unusual to grab people's attention. In other words, um, a great story headline might be man bites dog rather than dog bites man. I mean, <laughs> a dog biting someone, that happens all the time. But a man biting a dog, now you've got my attention. Number two, it's got to be vital. Something that is, you know, very vital. Um, you know, who cares if you went jogging last week? I mean, you care, but... Don't put that on the front page of the newspaper. I went jogging this week. So what? That's not going to sell newspapers. It needs to be vital. Number three, it needs to be prominent. For instance, if the president of the United States breaks his leg, that's news. Everybody wants to know every detail of what's happening with a guy that can affect all of our lives. Number four, it needs to be personal. So... For instance, you're writing a story about a new tax law. Why? You're putting it on the front page of the newspaper. Why? Because this new tax law will affect everybody. And they need to know, oh, that's going to affect my life? I want to know about it. So a good story, a breaking story, needs to have an impact on every individual person. And then fifthly, it needs to be timely. It needs to be something that's announced right now, right here, for you. We can't just keep talking about yesterday because as it has been said, yesterday's newspaper is only good for wrapping up fish. <laughs> we don't need old stories. We want new stories, breaking stories. So I want to say this to you this evening. The news that the angels brought had all of the characteristics for journalism, for a sensational story. Was it unusual? You better believe it. God Almighty was visiting planet Earth through a supernatural baby being born. It was an incarnation, which means God coming in the flesh. Was it vital? Absolutely it was vital. Without him, the world would be lost for eternity. He was the savior, that's what the angel said. And it's good news, the world's in trouble. And as the world was in trouble 2,000 years ago, the world is still in trouble today. It's a vital message. 
We have a savior. Now, did it concern a prominent individual? Yes, the most important individual in all of human history. And literally the reason that this year is called 2020 and next year is called 2021. Where did the year 2020 come from? It's 2020 years since the birth of Jesus Christ of Nazareth in this humble little town called Bethlehem. Literally this one person, this one baby that grew up to lay down his life on the cross and then carry it again in the resurrection on the third day. He literally divided history in half. Even people that are atheists, I don't even believe in God. They write a check and they put a date on it. They put the year 2020. They are dating the birth that we are talking about right here, right now. Can I hear an amen on that? It's important. It's personal. It will impact. And will it impact everybody? Literally hear this. Whether you believe it or not, whether you like it or not, whether you agree with it or not, the Bible says that one day you will stand before this baby who was born, who grew up at 30 years of age, and in three and a half years turned the world upside down, divided history either into B.C. or A.D., did things that no man, no prophet, no guru had ever done. And he said things that no man had ever said. He said, I am the resurrection and life. He that believes in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. He that lives and believes in me shall never die. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man will come to the Father unless he comes through me. I am the good shepherd. I will lay down my life. He even predicted how he would die. He said, it's not like they're going to take my life. I'm offering my life. I'm giving my life. He went to meet them. He said, but know this, on the third day, after being crucified, rejected, betrayed by one of my own, I will rise from the dead. And basically, you could put it this way, Jesus, if I rise from the dead, if I don't rise from the dead, I'm not who I said I was. But if I rise from the dead, because I told you that I would die, how I would die, and then on the third day, I come back to life, that proves, my resurrection proves I'm everything I said and everything that I have declared to be. King of kings and Lord of lords. Finally, was it timely? <laughs> Absolutely. This was the most front page material of all time. No wonder the shepherds ran to Bethlehem to see if it was true. But notice one difference between most of the news stories that we read today and the greatest of all news stories, it was good news. Today's headlines are often not so much good news. How many of you are ready to hear some really good news? <laughs> to you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And when he comes, he will bring peace on earth. Now that's what he will bring ultimately. But I want you to know that right now, if you accept Jesus, he is called the Prince of Peace into your heart. He can bring peace inside of you, the peace of heaven, even though the world is going crazy and maybe getting darker and more fearful. You can carry within your heart the peace of heaven because Jesus will bring that peace to you and joy. Real joy, the joy of the Lord being your strength. His life by his spirit can be inside of you and you can be forgiven of all your sins.
Psalm 148 says this, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord from the heavens. Praise him in the heights. Praise him all his angels. Praise him all his hosts. Praise him sun and moon. Praise him all you stars of light. A lot of people are talking about this conjunction happening up in the heavens of these two planets coming together and what I found interesting was not just Christians or Christian websites talking about it, but my original source was the Seattle Times who were saying, hey, there's a conjunction, and some people call it the Bethlehem star that was seen 2,000 years ago. Now, they said that these planets have come together so close, the last time they were this close was 800 years ago. Now, know this, with the star of Bethlehem, it announced the birth of the Messiah that would change the world. Now, here we have something that we haven't seen for 800 years. And when Jesus was born, it literally meant the world was about to change. Herod and his kingdom was about to be shaken to the core. Rome did not realize what happened that night with the angels and a few shepherds. But guess what? In 2020, there is no Roman Empire. But that little baby who rose from the dead and started what is called the Church of Jesus Christ today. There are 2.7 billion Christians from every nation, language, kindred, and tribe all around the world who believe that Jesus is exactly who he claimed to be and that he's coming again soon. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. So I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes. And in fact, I'm going to have you all stand up. You've been sitting. Let's all stand. But bow your heads and close your eyes. And in a moment, I'm going to say a very simple childlike prayer. I, I said this prayer myself. Um, when I was about 10 years of age, I heard Billy Graham share this same message, that God loved me. And that God loved me so much that he gave his son, Jesus. I knew of Jesus. I'd been to church or heard about Jesus. But that Jesus loved me so much that he wanted to forgive me. And, you know, I can remember even at that age, knowing there were things that I felt guilty about. And I knew what rebellion was and sin. And, and then... Billy Graham said that Jesus wants to forgive you because he took your sins, he took your guilt, he took your shame, he took your punishment upon himself. And if you'll ask him to forgive you, he'll forgive you. And then he will literally come inside of you. Jesus said, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in to him or to her. So I want you to know this. The Spirit of the Lord has always been with you from the time you were born until today. God's Spirit is everywhere. It's like the air. There's nowhere you can go to escape Him. But that's not the same thing of Him being inside of you. This is what salvation is. There must come a definite moment in time in your life 
where you're convicted that you're not perfect. It doesn't matter, you know, you can't compare, well, I'm better than those people and I don't do this and I don't do that. That doesn't cut it. You've got to be perfect because heaven is perfect. So whatever your failures and shortcomings are, that's what you need forgiveness for. And he says, I'll forgive you, but I will also then come inside of you, not just be with you or around you, but in you. My spirit will come in and you will be born again, born anew. And you literally are spiritually born. You're born once physically. You must be born again spiritually to have the gift of eternal life. So Jesus knocks on the door through the preaching of the word. It's his word. It's his message. It's his story. He's knocking. And I love that he's a gentleman. He doesn't knock it down. He could say, look, I'm God. I made you, created you everything. And he can knock the door down. But then what kind of a relationship would it be? He doesn't want that. In fact, if you don't want a relationship with him, there's nothing he can do. But he wants a relationship with you. But he gives you that opportunity to choose. Will you open the door? How do you open the door? You say, yes, I want my loneliness taken away, my shame, my guilt, my fear, anxiety, all of that dark stuff. I would love forgiveness. And yes, I would love the gift of eternal life. Then by saying this simple prayer, for those who will confess with their lips, Jesus is Lord, so we're going to pray together out loud, and then believe in their heart that Jesus is who he claimed to be, they shall be given eternal life. So by saying this simple prayer, something supernatural will happen. Your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life, and you receive the greatest gift and could be the greatest Christmas of your entire life, an eternal gift. So those who know the Lord, you can pray with me out loud after me as we remember and rehearse the beauty of our salvation. But there may be someone for the very first time, or maybe you're in a place where, well, I did, and I went to church, I got, went to catechism, or I, at one time I felt close to God, but I've kind of wandered away. I don't know where I stand with him now. Then better to make sure. And therefore, you can recommit your life to him. So with our heads bowed and eyes closed, I want you to pray this simple prayer, phrase by phrase, as I lead you, if you're willing. And let's pray after this manner. Dear Lord, I admit that I am a sinner. And I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. I am so sorry for everything that I've done wrong. Thank you for loving me. I open the door of my heart. And I ask you to come into my life. To be my personal Lord and Savior. Please fill me with your Holy Spirit. I receive the gift of eternal life. Now help me follow you, Jesus, all the way to heaven until I see you face to face. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Welcome into the eternal family of God. What a gift. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Maranatha Chapel. If you haven't already, please subscribe for weekly messages. 
Feel free to share this podcast and join us for our weekend services held Saturday evening or Sunday morning. Visit our website at www.maranathachapel.org for more information.